I'll say this, uh, and I'll say this from also experience too, but uh, Chase works here at the church, and so this is, this is what he does, you know, every, every other day that he is here, and, uh, and so this is, this is something that, that is through the work week as well, and uh, for Holly, it's a little bit different. Holly is at home, uh, mothering super well, uh, her two kids, three almost in December, let's go. And, uh, and I say all that to say that uh, I know it's not always easy because I know how much you desperately want to be here a lot more than you probably are. And, how, and, and that's because of how much you love you, how much she loves you. And, uh, and I, uh, I so believe that you just have such a heart for this. And I know um, that it can sometimes be um, overshadowed by someone like Chase. And uh, I just want to, and, and that's not Chase's heart, that's nobody's heart, but I just want to speak encouragement and honor you, that you have a pastor's heart, you are called, you are anointed, you, you love so deeply, you care for these students so well, and, and you care for them when you're here, but you also care for them when you're not here, and you pray for them, and, and you're interceding on their behalf, and so I just want, I want to honor you, and say that I admire you, I admire uh, the just brute strength that you show in mothering and working out, she trains and it hurts. <laughs> uh, that's why I don't go very much. All right. I'll go on Monday. Jeez. Anyways, uh, but I just want to take a moment to honor you because you are worth honoring tonight. And uh, it's an absolute privilege to uh, me and my wife just, mm, me and my wife just love you guys. We love you a lot. And it is uh, the gr- one of the greatest things about this season is to to be able to lead under you and Chase. And uh, we love you a lot. We see you as the closest friends. And uh, yeah, so we love you. Can we just give it up for our pastor, Pastor Holly Merrill, who's gonna preach the word tonight. Let's go. Here you go. Thanks, cool. Okay, before I... I was really honoring. Gonna make me emotional because I'm pregnant. Because <laughs> I'm not emotional otherwise. Um, I'm actually really not super emotional. It's I'm pregnant, then I'm a little more emotional. Okay, um, before I get into the word, how many of you, <laughs> two questions, two part, either not here last week or you weren't paying attention last week? Cool. Doesn't matter. Okay, so for those of you that weren't here or weren't paying attention, well, it's fine. It's okay. If you weren't paying attention, it happens oftentimes in life. But for our life groups, I want to just run down and then update you where we're at with our life group leaders. Um, because a couple of you are like, hey, I'm in a life group and I don't know who my leader is, but I heard other people know who the leader is. So just want to inform you of that before we get in. So freshmen, I'm reading it because I don't have it memorized. Sorry. Freshman guys, yet. I don't have it memorized yet. Freshman guys, Jay Foley and Cole Barker. Woo! So good. Uh, sophomore guys, Evan Goodbranson, who you, whom you saw tonight, and Zane Murphy. Junior guys, Carson Gover, who is now married as of yesterday. Woo! And Andrew Dixon are together in leading that group. Then senior guys, you got my husband. He's pretty cool. 
Uh, freshman girls, you've got Kira and Liv. <laughs> Sophomore girls, you have Sarah. I don't know where I see more. Junior girls, you have Jessica, who was previously Schmidt and is not, who is now Jessica Gover. Woo! And myself. And then senior girls, you guys were the like, hey, we don't know who your group leader is, but we love you. We're praying for you. We have a leader for you. Yes. And we're super excited. I'm super excited. Um, some of you know her. Some of you might not know her. If you haven't been around here for a while, you haven't. Ariana, I can't even say her last name. <laughs> Chikati is going to be the senior girls leader. If you do not know Ariana and you are a senior girl, holy Toledo's your life is about to change for the better. <laughs> Literally, if I could jump in a group, I wish I could be a senior girl because she's the best. Not the best. I love a lot of people. Ariana's incredible. So she will not disappoint you if you are in that group. For all the rest of y'all, you will be everyone that signed up for Life Group. And then if you're going to sign up tonight, we will be getting an email by the end of this week whatever the end of the week is to you, you can determine it's different for everyone by Thursday. Um, with your leader, location, time, yada, 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 everyone will get detailed information. So all of you who have been waiting on the edge of your seat for all that information, it is coming this week. But we are excited about life groups and believing um, for that. And so we've been as, we believe that as LWI, our family here, we are um, in a season, we've been talking the last four weeks, if you're new here, about authentic community because we believe that in this group, in this, we are a family and we believe that to take us to the next step, we are called to a deeper level of authentic community. And so that's what we are focusing on in this season. Here's the fun thing. Being a part of authentic community means that you get the opportunity to interact with people that might, you might not like. Can I be honest? Like sometimes in life, you get this really cool opportunity to grow close to people, and you're like, oh, but like I like my friends, but I don't like you, and I don't like you, and like you're kind of annoying. So this is gonna be real interesting, and I don't know how I'm gonna do this, but like I'm stuck, and I gotta deal with these really difficult, annoying people. So that's what we're talking about tonight. Super fun. How to deal with how to love, not how to deal with. I read this book in college called How to Deal with Annoying People, and I was, like, stoked to get into it, and then it was just awesome, and it revealed so much about myself, and it was glorious. But, so, how to love difficult people. Have you ever met a difficult person? Yes. Oh, this section of the room hasn't. Good for you. I'm so happy for you. Um, okay, so... You have come across a difficult person in your life, or you're going to come across a difficult person in your life, especially as we dive into this idea of diving into authentic community, diving into real relationship, diving into deeper relationship. We have 125, 20, 25 of you that have registered for life groups, which is just awesome and exciting and ridiculous. But that speaks something. It says, if you've signed up for a life group, you are at some level saying like, hey, yeah, I'm I'm ready to get invested in community and relationship at a greater level. And you're going to hit life group. And you're going to realize what it really means to be in a life group. And it's awesome. I'm in a life group and it changes, literally has transformed my life. I've been in different 
community groups, small groups, whatever, that different years. Right now, the life group that Chase and I are in transforms my life and my heart and my mind and my soul and my relationship with Jesus and the way I'm a mother and the way I'm a wife, the way I'm a friend. It impacts every part of my being. Um, let me paint this picture for you. Okay, so this is, say life group starts in a couple weeks. Show up to your first one. You're super excited about your leader because you know your leader and you love your leader. And you're like, this is good. This is going to be good. I've got a couple friends in my life group. Like, it is going to be awesome. So you get in life group and you sit down on the couch. You sit down next to this girl. If you're a guy, you have to, whatever, just change the verbiage. What's that? Noun? Pronoun? <laughs> it doesn't matter. I hated English in high school. I have a degree. I avoided English as much as, not the English language. You know what I mean. <laughs> English literature class. Um, I, and so you sit down next to this girl and you're like, oh man, she smells bad. Okay. So you know, like you do that little shift, like to the side, like I'm just going to lean this way. It's going to be awkward, but I'm going to lean this way all night. You like give her the benefit of the doubt. Like she must've just come from soccer, didn't have a shower. Okay. We're cool. Then you get in a life group and you guys are opening up and it's like exciting and then heartbreaking. Like all these emotions are raging. And then she starts talking and she starts talking about her cat. Like, seriously, you're talking about your cat and life group? Like, people are talking about real things. But, like, you choose to talk about a cat. Okay, whatever. We'll deal with it. Like, we'll push through this. Guys get to, like, you're talking about prayer requests. Like, you're talking about things that are going on in your hearts. Different level. She interrupts, like, passionately. Like, please, please pray for my cat. Like, he kind of acts this way during the day, and then at night he acts a different way. You're like, oh, okay. Okay, she's going to be interesting. If you, have, if you like cats, I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you're like, okay, this is going to be interesting. So you just kind of like write her off. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I don't know. And you guys have this group text thread, and she sends an unnecessary amount of gifts, and then pictures of her cat, <laughs> and it disturbs you at school. And so you have to like pull out your phone, go to the group settings, like hit the do not disturb because of the amount of things she's sending. And you're like, this is not cool. I can't deal with her. So you write her off. You're like, this is, she's just going to be annoying. Like, she's just going to be that person, like, I don't connect with. I don't really care about. This is, this is not what I want to deal with. This is not what I do want to do. So I'll, like, say hi to her life group and kind of, like, turn away. And I won't sit next to her for sure intentionally because I don't want to smell her. And so I'm going to just, like, hi, good to see you. I'll interact. But, like, and then I'm going to spend time and invest with my friendship, my friends that I already have there. The reality is we're going to have to deal with difficult people. And they're not easy to love. And they're messy. And that's real. You can put it in whatever context. Like, that's silly, ridiculous. Doesn't matter. But you can think of when I say that, like, you've been in a situation that comes to mind. You're like, oh, yeah. There's that person. It's kind of hard, kind of messy. I've written them off already. See, if you feel like you haven't thought of a difficult person, the quickest way to find one is to walk in any mirror, look at a mirror, and look at yourself. Or I was like, gosh, I'm difficult. I will be the first to tell you, like, I am difficult. I'm sure some of you have felt at sometimes like, ooh, Holly's a difficult person for whatever reason it may be. If you haven't felt like that yet, you have not fully gotten to know me, <laughs> have not realized, like, my sinfulness as a human being and my nature. Like, I'm messy. I'm difficult. Chase will tell you I'm difficult. Um, yeah, Chase would definitely tell you I'm difficult. <laughs> it's because I'm sinful. And the closer you get in relationship, 
the more and more real it becomes of how difficult and messy people really are, but how real and valuable and worth it they are. Okay, if you have your Bible, we are back in, sorry, I meant to tell you this earlier, so you had time to turn. Acts 2, where we've been the past few weeks, same scripture. I'm going to read it again. If you do not have a Bible with you, which you all probably have, Acts 2, 42 through 47. It will also be on the screen. Give you another 10, 15 seconds to get there. Acts 2, 42. Here we go. This is Paul writing. He says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temples together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. (laughs) I was reading this. Multiple times, I read it in multiple different versions as I was preparing for this, looking through this lens of, like, how do we love difficult people? And just the usage of all and any, as any had need. And and having favor with all the people. Like, Paul does not say having favor with the people that you like. Or they were just sharing with the people that were close friends of theirs. <clears throat> it intentionally does not say that. I'm, I can only, only guess that in this early church, there were people that as God, the Lord added to their number day by day, it wasn't hand-selected people that they said, oh, I like you. Okay, now you can come be a part of our church. I'm willing to sell the things in my life to provide for myself, but also to make sure that you're covered. Like, Not just the people that I like and that I think are really cool and that are really put together and have their things worked out and are welcoming and inviting or kind to me always. It's all, it was all of them. It was the messy, messy, screwed up people that all of these people in this early church family were saying, hey, I'm all in. I'm all in on this family. I'm all in on this community. I'm all in on this life group. I'm all in on the people God has placed around me (laughs) and not just the select few that I want. It's kind of convicting. It convicts me. It kind of makes me like feel sick when I really think about like, oh, that means all, all people at all times, no matter how I, no matter how I feel. Have you seen on social media, there's different pictures or images that come up. I know one, there's like this girl looking off in the distance and it just is talking about how we, quotes, there's different kind of sayings with it. But this idea that like we deserve to be happy and feel good all of the time. So we should not waste, I should not waste my precious time or my precious energy on people that don't make me feel good or feel happy. Have you seen that? Have you heard that truth yelled at you before? Yeah, and it gets retweeted, and it gets, I'm actually not on Twitter, so, because <laughs> I lost my password years ago, and I haven't taken the energy to re, refine out my password, but on Instagram, like, I see, I see it all the time, and I'm like, yeah, 
Like, totally. Like, I should not waste my time on somebody that makes me feel yucky about myself or takes a lot of energy and effort out of me. I don't deserve that. I deserve to be in a relationship with people that make me feel good about myself and that make me feel welcome all the time and that aren't going to talk junk about me behind my back. I'm like, that's what I deserve. I should feel that way. It should feel enjoyable to be in a relationship with somebody. If not, I'm just going to kind of like step aside instead of like leaning, step aside, instead of like leaning over because her BO smells bad. Like I'm just going to step away from that relationship. Like I'll say hi to them at school, interact with them real kindly, real quickly at youth, but I'm not going to invest in that relationship. Here's the thing. That's a big fat lie. It's a lie. We are not created to be people that just get what we want out of relationship and just engage in relationship, relationships that make us feel good or make us feel happy all the time. Even our parents, like I can think of times my parents told me, parents love Jesus and they were trying to lead me in the right direction. Like, yeah, they're not being really kind to you. They weren't hurting me or abusive to me, but like friendships, like, yeah, they're not being really nice to you in this season, so you really don't need to put any energy and effort into it. You really don't need to go out of your way to be kind to them. Yeah, that, that's, that's easier for me. That's more comfortable for me. It takes a lot less energy out of me to be that way. But as a Christ follower, as I look in the Bible, as I read the words of Jesus, who I believe every word he says is true and good, as I read that, that's not who I'm called to be. I'm not called to just be in relationship and choose to engage with people in a kind way, in a loving way, with the people that are going to make me feel happy in moments, because this is why. Those people have the same value I do. They're valuable. They're worth it. They're still worth me pressing into a relationship, even if I don't always feel great about it. They're worth my time. So why? Why should loving difficult people really matter to you? <coughs> why? Like, yeah, but get it. Like, Paul talks about it a little bit. We should always do it. Here's the thing. Difficult people are deeply loved by God. Not kind of like, by God. Like they are deeply loved by God, whom I deem as unlovable or unlikable or annoying. God deems as deeply loved, like so much so that he sent Jesus to die on the cross, a brutal death that they might have life and salvation and experience the fullness of grace and joy and freedom. Can you picture that person that you're like, ah, Jesus died for them. They just wreck me. I can't stand them. They annoy me. They've really hurt me. I had a, I had a boss that I worked for for six years. It was good for a long time. A couple years towards the end, it start, started declining. And then towards the end of it, like it was a verbally abusive environment for the, those of us employees at our frozen yogurt shop. It was silly but that worked there, like it was awful. And I left every day crying. But Jesus 
died for John and loves John and his value is just the same as anybody else. It's like he was difficult. There's a lot of been in a lot of other difficult relate people in my life. Like he was really difficult. But his value was full in Jesus. God sees the same thing in them that he sees in me. The things that are in this word, the truth about who you are, are just as true about them. Verse 47, it says, God adds to their number. God brings people in his family. We don't choose who comes in. Once they're in his family, they're in our family. Once they're saved, redeemed, renewed, or they change from a different church into the LWI family, once they step in these doors, they are part of our family. They're part of your family. If you are in this room, you are part of this family. Doesn't matter how you feel about it, how invested you are. You're here, you're part of our family. And so we are gonna engage and choose to walk in a manner in which we love, in which we believe the best things in others. Here's a second truth about why this really matters to you, why this really should matter to you. It's because loving difficult people shapes you. Oh, the amount of transformation that I have resisted and not wanted in my life because of certain people that have been in my life, I have not wanted, and it has been the absolute best thing I've ever needed. Like, I did not realize I needed that person in my life to act that way, to rub me the wrong way, like just get on my nerves the right way or just push me back or whatever feelings arose in me or arise in me to change and transform who I am constantly because this is a never-ending process for me. The Lord has brought me very far in this has a long way to bring me in loving, difficult people. But he uses people to shape us. See, oftentimes the person that I feel is most difficult to love needs to be the, shown the most love. <laughs> the people that you think are unlovable are often just a little bit different from you on the outside. And this is where it all changes. When you sit in a life group with them, and you begin hearing their stories. You begin hearing about who they are. If you think back to that girl that I talked about at the beginning, what if you're sitting in life group one night, and you, because you don't know her very well, you just kind of know circumstantially what you've experienced in life group. And she begins opening up about how their family moved here a few months ago. Because <clears throat> there was a really tragic accident where a sister that was two years younger than her had died. And it was devastating, and it wrecked their whole family's life. And so this sweet cat has become the thing that has be become her, her hope and her livelihood in this season. And so you, you have this shift, and you're like, oh, dang it, I did it again. Like, I just judged hard, and I pushed away and wrote her off. But, like, then you just, grace falls on you. As you get to know people, I can't tell you how many times, like, as I get to know someone, I'm like, you just, mm-mm, I don't, I don't, I don't want to take the energy time or effort for you. And then you hear something of their story, and it just wrecks you. And you're always like, oh, I can relate. 
Like, I totally get it. I totally know why you're super prideful now. It's not because you're just super prideful. Like, there's something behind it. Or I know why you're standoffish or really quiet or really needy and annoying or whatever it comes across as. Then you hear who they are, you hear part of their story, and there's just this grace that floods you for them. And God begins shifting in your heart and shifting things in your mind and shifting things in the way that you treat and the way you interact with people by the difficult people God places in your life, he uses to transform you. So this is why. Difficult people are deeply loved by God. Difficult people shape you and transform you. So how? How, as you think about this, as you hear about this, is God calling you to love difficult people in your life? This is for you. This is relevant because there is at least one person in one class <laughs> or somebody across this room that you think of and look at and go, yeah, they're that difficult person for me. There's a scale, right? Like there's a really, really difficult, and then there's like, man, you're just annoying, and I kind of push you away difficult. What's loving them look like for you? Romans 13 tells us that love does no wrong to a neighbor. Absolutely nothing wrong. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 10.24 says, Let no one seek his own good but the good of his neighbor. Neighbor, family member, LWI, attendee, youth leader, life group leader, someone in your class at school, someone that sits across, whatever it is for you. What does loving them look like? What's this look like real practically? So as we look at in a life group, in this room, there's some real practical things. We don't gossip. As an LWI family, we will not stand for gossip. You know why? Because gossip destroys. It tears people down. Gossip destroyed me my junior year of high school. Because of my gossiping about other people and because of the way people gossiped about me. It's foolish, like insignificant things, but it destroys and tears down and separates and is divisive. We will not be people. I will not be a life group leader. I will not be someone that stands in this room and says, yeah, go and share what people said about life group, like, or what they shared about in life group. No. If you've got an issue with somebody, you can, A, talk to, in this room, talking family business here. If you've got an issue with somebody, the person you really need to talk to is them. Your friend cannot solve the conflict or the issue or um, do anything about how annoying the cat pictures are. Like, that's not going to change anything. Like, that is just going to stir up more negative feelings. So, go, or go to a leader. Go to somebody that can do something. Like, if you're having an actual issue and it's, like, actually difficult and not just annoying... If it's annoying, God's using something to shape you. If there's some difficulty, God's using something to shape you. But also you can go to a leader and say, hey, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm experiencing. Help me process this. And it's okay. There is zero judgment in the way that you're feeling and the way that you're processing. We want to be leaders and people that help you figure things out. Because that is how I figured things out and figure things out still. By turning to other people. So we're not going to gossip. We're going to choose to speak life. We're going to choose to build up. So if you are 
in a, not in a circle with somebody, if they're not like literally physically present, you are going to speak life about them. You are not going to speak anything negative or death about them. We will build up. We're going to choose to invest. You're going to choose to invest in the people in your life group. The people that you don't know. The people that you think are annoying or awkward or they're just off socially or whatever it may be. Whatever you find is difficult, I challenge you to choose to invest because it's not going to come naturally. You've got to make that choice. We're going to choose to include. This is a big one because you can choose to like, hey, I'm going to acknowledge you. (laughs) Cool. Glad you're here. Turn this way. But like you have to draw people into conversation. You've got to draw people in. You need to invite them. It might be baby steps of choosing to include for a little while, and that's okay, but choosing to include, choosing to literally say, hey, you want to come sit by me? I don't really want to sit by you right now in your head, but like, come sit by me. And inviting that step of inclusion, that step of inviting chips away like little tiny pieces of your heart in that hardness of your heart. Galatians 5.14 screams at me, I feel like. Love your neighbor as yourself. yourself. I was reading this a few days ago and like (laughs) wanted to vomit because of the way the spirit was convicting me. Gosh, I think about myself and what I want to eat, what I want to do, like my preferences, my wants, how I need this all day long, right? I could be overly selfish and that's probably true. But I think about those things all day long. Like they intercept my other thoughts about as I'm doing or thinking. If I gave half of, if I gave a tenth of those thoughts to the people in my life and loving them as deeply and as much as I think and care about myself, it would be transformative. Love your neighbor as yourself. I'm going to invite the band to come up. Um, Gosh, loving difficult people is difficult. It's really simple. It's complicated. It's really messy. It can be really confusing at times where there's this gray line of, I don't, I don't know. I don't know in this situation. Like sometimes I have a clear, like, this is how I'm supposed to love them. I'm supposed to love them as Christ loves them. Okay. I'm going to die to my flesh. I'm going to get uncomfortable here. But then other times it's really messy and really complicated. And we've got to draw in other people. But here's the thing. Without Jesus, without Jesus, loving difficult people doesn't matter. It is literally impossible to love difficult people without Jesus. Because I can try hard in my flesh for a little while. And I can get to a certain point. And then my flesh loses it. My flesh wants to punch them in the face. Not really. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like you, you like hit this certain point and you're like, gosh, I just, I don't, I don't want to love you today. Like, I don't feel like it. My flesh is so done right now. Like I've loved as much as I can, but then you did this again or you acted this way again. And like, I can't do it. And that's where we've got this really cool gift of the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of us. If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've got the Spirit dwelling in you, 
that is going to provide you, that does provide you and is going to continue to provide you a love and a grace that you can never, like a reservoir of it, a tank of it that you can never tap into on your own. It's where that human self runs out and Jesus just overflows. And that is where the beauty of the gospel is displayed. Like this overflowing grace and love that is unrelenting and never stopping and it doesn't give up and it keeps and keeps fighting for people. Even when you don't feel like it. That's the beautiful thing about the gospel. That's the beautiful thing about the Jesus we serve. Like his grace, like Jesus isn't human flesh, but like I think about the times like, oh, that must have, like I, I can't imagine how I'm make, breaking God's heart by my sin. Like I must be really frustrating to him right now because I'm just messing up again. I'm being so selfish and so prideful again or so self-seeking or so unrepentant or so whatever it may be. Like, but Jesus doesn't stop loving. He chooses to love me. It's never going to run out. It's never going to stop. And that's the way that as an LWI family, as we step in the season of greater relationship, as you after worship tonight, like as you walk out of these doors or as you stay, stay in this room, like you've got the opportunity to press into relationships with people in a way that is Christ-like, that the Spirit of God flows through you, and you make people feel so loved and seen and cared about, because those are things that are going to transform your life and your heart, and it's going to transform your relationship with Jesus. So tonight, as we close, um, two things that I feel like the Spirit wants to do in our hearts. Some of you just are at this place where you're going, yeah, I can resonate with that. Or some of you are like, I really don't like difficult people. It's cool, Holly. I'm glad the Bible says that about it. Like, I don't really, I don't care enough. I don't want to put the energy and the effort in. And so my prayer for us tonight as a whole body, as a whole group, is that the heart of the Father would transform our hearts. That he would break our hearts for the things that break his. That he would mold us and shape us and get through to us and chip and chip and chip away the difficult parts of us that make us more Christ-like and more loving as we love the difficult people around us. Because I'm difficult because you're difficult because when you get in a relationship, it gets even more difficult but when you're Jesus to one another, there's this beautiful thing. And then for some of you, you're thinking of difficult people in this room. Or they might not be here tonight, but that are part of our LWI family, maybe. You're going, I feel that way towards them. I felt that way towards them. And so for some of you, you've got to repent tonight two ways with the Lord as the Lord is convicting you and going hey hey Holly you've been acting this way you've been unkind or unloving or prideful or this or whatever or you've been on the receiving end of a difficult person whatever it is like you've got to do some work with the Lord 
And then you might need to tonight have a conversation or might need to prayerfully have a conversation prayer as you take more time to pray about it. And maybe process with a leader and maybe process with wise godly parents or counsel to go and have a conversation where you either repent or you you have a, uh, a really healthy way that you you have a conversation with somebody to restore relationship because we are we want to be a family where we restore relationship because some of you come from really messy broken families and you know how bad it hurts and the church is a family and it gets really messy and broken in here but we've got this grace of the father that is going to cover everything and invade our hearts and invade our lives and so we want to provide you an, an atmosphere where even if you have messiness and brokenness at home where you can apply these truths of the gospel into your home life but that you can also live it, walk it out here and even though there's messiness at home you can come in here and go like, I'm going to choose to be in a family where here like I'm going to fix as hard as, work as hard as I can through the power of Jesus to restore and have healthy relationships that still feel difficult at times but that I'm walking out repentance in I'm walking out forgiveness in so would you pray with me?